Today we're going to be talking about arguably the greatest composer of all time, Ludwig van Beethoven. So let's jump right in and give a quick summary of his life. Ludwig was born on or about December 16th, 1770, in the city of Bonn. Uh, it was a principality of the Holy Ro Roman Empire at the time. And we don't know exactly when he was born, but we know he was baptized on December 17th. And usually people, uh, newborns had to be baptized within 24 hours. So December 16th sounds pretty good to us. His childhood, he had two uh, other brothers who survived to adulthood. Uh, one was named Casper, pretty cool. And another one was named uh, Johan. And his dad was a singer. Uh, he's pretty mediocre. Mostly, he wasn't really known for his singing, rather uh, actually for his alcoholism. So his dad was a big drunk. Um, their grandfather, though, uh, who was named Ludwig van Beethoven, was pretty prosperous, great musician, and um, yeah, and young Ludwig just loved him. But um, as they were growing up, they were pretty, they were doing okay. Um, after the grandfather died, they started slowly going into poverty. Um, sometime between the births of his two younger brothers, his dad just came infatuated with the idea of them becoming like the next Mozart. And he started teaching them music with extraordinary rigor and brutality and uh, it kind of scarred Beethoven for the rest of his life he was kind of like a uh, a Michael Jackson of sorts you know and uh, the neighbors often would talk about a small boy weeping while he played uh, the clavier and um, standing atop a footstool trying to reach keys and his father beating him for each hesitation or mistake and there's stories of his dad coming home late at night and pulling Beethoven out of bed. His dad's drunk and forcing him to play like until the morning. So pretty tough childhood for Ludwig. Um, I mean, you can't doubt the fact that this made him the composer he was today, but it also left so many scars to debate whether it was worthwhile at all. And who knows what it would have been like if he would have had a different uh, a parent that took a different you know route. But um, he was often locked in a cellar, deprived for sleep, so he could just practice more, like I mentioned. And he, uh, he studied the violin, the clavier, the or and organ. And, um, and even though his dad was pretty crazy, his, uh, Beethoven was showing some pretty good talent. And he was pretty imaginative and... Uh, I don't think his dad knew exactly what, you know, Beethoven could become, but his dad was pushing him really hard and Beethoven was showing a lot of uh, a lot of potential. And so hoping that his son, as I mentioned, would be kind of like the next Wolfgang Mozart, his um who was still alive at the time. Uh, Beethoven arranged like this public recital and he called it the little son of 6 years old. And um he debuted it for the Empress Maria Theresia. But he was actually seven years old, so pretty funny. But yeah, Beethoven played really well, but the recital got no press. So it was just kind of like a failure. And um, anyways, he's going to school while he's trying to become a prodigy. And people, he just wasn't very good at school. And one classmate said, quote, not a sign was to be, 
to be discovered of that spark of genius which glowed so brilliantly in him afterwards, unquote. So he, um, yeah, he just didn't show any signs of being anything special, at, at least in school. And he couldn't uh, add very well or spell. He was like, at best an average student. And some people like theorize that he might have been like had mild dyslexia. Um, Beethoven says, music comes to me more readily than words. So he just had this gift and in other areas he kind of lacked, which you kind of often see with geniuses. Um, when he was 10 years old in 1781, he withdrew from school to study music. Um, he had like this uh, um, court organist who was going to kind of uh, mentor him. And uh, this organist, he introduced Beethoven to Johann Sebastian Bach. And Beethoven loved him. At the age of 12, he published his first composition. It was like a set of piano variations, um, but nothing too great. In 1784, uh, his dad was no longer able to support the family. He, uh, he couldn't sing anymore, and his, his alcoholism was getting out of control. And so Ludwig um, asked the assistant court, uh, he asked the, the city if he could be... Um, the official appointment of assistant court organist and so even though he was only like 16 or 17 years old he got the position it didn't pay him a lot uh, 150 florins but uh it's a modest annual salary but he started being the breadwinner right away for his family and it seems like that's a theme with these great men and women is they're so precocious or they're forced into being precocious but one fun part about beethoven's life is um, and with any of these people on our podcast is when they uh, mingle with other people on the podcast. It's really exciting. For example, when you know Aristotle tutored Alexander the Great. So cool. Um, this one, there's only speculation. There's no evidence at all. Um, but we know that Beethoven was sent to Vienna to study. And that was the, you know, the cultural and musical capital of Europe. And he hoped to study with Mozart because Mozart was like the biggest deal at the time. And he ended up coming back soon after. He was only there for a few weeks because his mom had gotten sick. So he came back. But um, the legend goes that Mozart saw him play and said, keep your eyes on him. Someday he will give the world something to talk about. No one knows it's true. I li it's fun to believe that it is. Um, so when the Holy Roman Empire Joseph II died in 1790, Beethoven's 19 at this point, and for some reason, no one knows why, but he was he got the honor to compose a musical memorial in his honor, in Joseph II, this emperor's honor. We don't know why, but his composition was never performed. Some people assumed that the young musician just couldn't do it. He was unequal to the task. Uh, a century later, though, uh, Johann Brahms discovered that Beethoven had, in fact, composed a, a beautiful piece, um, and it's now considered to be his earliest masterpiece. So we don't know why it wasn't um, like played, but he has proof that he had made one. So, um, so about this time, uh, two years later, 1792, he's 21. Some revolutionary forces in France are kind of sweeping across the area, and Beethoven decides to bounce. Um, and go to Vienna. And Mozart had just passed away a year earlier, so he missed him if he didn't see him before. And Joseph Hayden was now the unquestioned greatest composer alive. So he kind of takes his role 
And soon, young Beethoven, um, after being in Vienna and showing how amazing he is, Hayden takes him under his wing and starts kind of mentoring him. And um, it's kind of funny because this one man, Count Walston, wrote this farewell letter, and he said that Mozart's genius mourns and weeps over the death of his disciple. It found refuge, but no release with the inexhaustible Hayden. Through him, now, it seeks to unite with another. By means of assiduous labor, you will receive the spirit of Mozart from the hands of Hayden. So he told Beethoven, like, Mozart was a genius, Hayden's great, but he can't almost wield this uh, power of music, and, but he can pass it to you. And so kind of a cool prophetic letter. Um, so at this point, he's dedicating himself wholeheartedly to music, and he's, he's not even just going to Hayden. So Hayden taught him piano, but he, vocal composition he learned from Antonio Salieri. And counterpoint he learned from Johann Albrechtsberger. And so he's just kind of learning from everyone. And he quickly um, gets a, a reputation as a virtuoso pianist, and um, he was especially good at improv. Just like being able to wing it on the on the fly and this is what mozart was known for but at this point everyone had kind of there was a consensus that beethoven was the best of all time that he could just um improv like no one had ever seen before and throughout this time remember that like it's kind of weird being just playing music and you have to kind of like get money from people and and so he's kind of moving around and he his life wasn't as crazy as mozart's as far as like being poor and like trying to find a place to stay and stuff um, so he was doing pretty good, but, uh, yeah, he was, he started playing a bunch of music. Um, he had a, uh, huge debut in Vienna in March, uh, 1795. And, um, his first piano concert or concerto was C major. And then he published a couple of these three piano trios and he just started getting crazy success. Everyone was just loving him. He was making a bunch of money. Um, he just in uh, eighteen hundred he debuted his Symphony Number no. One in C Major in the Royal Imperial Theater in Vienna. And later he'd say, "In those days, I did not know how to compose." He like hated the piece. Um, but at this, it, regardless, it established him as one of the war, uh, the as Europe's most celebrated composers. And so as the century progressed, he's just composing piece after piece after piece. He's becoming this masterful composer, reaching his musical maturity. Um, and in 1801, he, uh, his, string, his six-string quartets, it, they were so complicated, it just proved that he had complete mastery over that over the most difficult and cherished uh, Viennese forms. So that, that kind of came from Mozart and Hayden. So at this point, it's kind of like the Padawan has become the master, you know? And so everything's going well. Um, and then about this time, he discovers that he was going deaf, which was one of the, one of the hardest things for him. And um, yeah, he said in a letter to one of his friends, I must confess that I lead a miserable life. For almost two years, I've ceased to attend any social functions just because I find it impossible to say to people, I am deaf. If I had any other profession... I might be able to cope with my infirmity, but in my profession, it is a terrible handicap. He wrote down a note that he kept his entire life concealed, Um, but it says, Oh, you men who think or say that I am malevolent, 
stubborn, or misanthropic, how greatly do you wrong me? You do not know the secret cause which makes me seem that way to you. And I would have ended my life. It was only my art that held me back. Ah, it seemed impossible to leave the world until I had brought forth all that I felt was within me. Pretty powerful stuff. Um, so it wasn't actually until 1819 that he went deaf. Um, but he started to... With people, uh, he'd have these conversation books where they'd write down their questions. He'd reply orally, um, but his hearing just got worse and worse and worse. And at this point, though, it's kind of cool. He starts to kind of see this impending uh, doom for his career and for this outlet of his genius. He starts composing like mad and just releasing all of his music. And um, you can kind of tell some of his... Um, like a different feel in a lot of his music from almost kind of dark and haunting like Moonlight Sonata. Um, as far as his you know, personal life, he was never married. He was desperately in love with multiple women. Um, he was shy to a fault. It was almost a... a um, like he, he was crippling how shy he was. And he also had an, quote, unfortunate physical appearance, whatever that means, right? But uh, yeah, he just fell in love with women who didn't love him back. And he, one of them was this girl named Antonie Brentano. And uh, he wrote her these long, beautiful letters, called her my immortal beloved. My heart is so full, so many things to say to you. There are moments when I feel that speech amounts to nothing at all. Remain my true, my only love, my all, as I am yours. But she she just went off and got married. It just kept happening. I think it happened like three times that he fell in love with people and they just didn't love him back. And it must have been pretty tough. And he had this really awkward moment when his brother died and his brother had this son named Carl and he fought with um, his sister-in-law over the custody over Carl for like seven years. It was a terrible experience. Finally got him, finally got custody of Carl and then uh, he wasn't really good at raising a kid and Carl actually tried to kill himself and ended up going into the army and lived a normal life but like just a weird time for both of them and uh, yeah he he was a, a brilliant genius you know but he also was uh, lonely he was frequently miserable he was short tempered absent minded greedy he was suspicious to the point of paranoia. He feuded with his brothers, his publishers, his housekeepers, his pupils, his patrons. Um, one incident, Beethoven attempted to break a chair over the head of Prince Lichnowsky, one of the closest friends and, and most loyal patrons. Another time, he stood in the doorway of a different prince, Lobkotwitz, and he stood in the doorway of his palace shouting for all to hear, Lobkotwitz is a donkey. He's just like kind of a weird dude. I mean, that's another thing we notice with these, especially um, in the arts. These these genius these geniuses have uh, a very eccentric, strange, and different. Um, but like I said, so he's going deaf, and some of his greatest music ever composed was near the end of his life: Symphony Number no. Nine, the String Quartet Number no. Fourteen, Missa Solemnis. So he just, um, yeah. He it was kind of a sad uh, end to his life. Um, 
But um, so near the, uh, I guess near the end of his life, he ended up dying um, uh, from uh, people debate over what exactly he died over. Um, some people think that it was uh, cirrhosis of the liver. Um, other people think it was pneumonia. Um, but he died in 1827. I think he was 56. And they had a funeral a couple of days later. 20,000 people came. So pretty cool. Um, but, but yeah. I mean, as far as his... Uh, he... Like we said, he's probably the greatest composer of all time. And he had a tough childhood, you know, getting beaten by his father and uh, not a lot of love. His mom died when he was pretty young. He, he had become the head of the household. And then he went on to compose this amazing music. And right when he's hitting his stride, he gets what could easily be seen as a curse. And he goes deaf. And the cause of his deafness, some people think um, it had to do with the cause of his um, his death, actually. Um, but these are all speculations. No one really knows. It's so far back. But um, yeah, so that's the life of Ludwig von Beethoven. So let's jump in. And now let's talk about some uh, cool stories. So Beethoven often dipped his head in cold water before composing which is pretty interesting. He Legend has it that he wrote Moonlight Sonata completely at night. He was only 5'3". His father, like we said, was an alcoholic, and Beethoven also became an alcoholic. He also had unusually bad skin. Um, like we mentioned, how he was kind of a little bit strange. He was very temperamental, and he would end performances if he was a, became aware of anyone in the audience talking. So... Pretty crazy. Um, his symphony number three was actually dedicated to Napoleon. He found um, he felt like he resonated with Napoleon. They were really close in age, a year apart. They both had obscure backgrounds. They both were geniuses, and he liked Napoleon a lot. And he thought what Napoleon was doing was awesome. But then Napoleon crowned himself monarch, absolute monarch, and. Um, he just thought that was totally against what Napoleon stood for and why he looked up to Napoleon. So he ended up changing it to uh, uh, Eroica, but he dedicated it to in memory of a, once a great man. So kind of like a slap at Napoleon. But once again, a cool example of great men crossing paths and like admiring each other. He hated giving piano lessons unless people were exceptionally talented or they were attractive young women of whatever talent. So it's kind of like his way of um, trying to find girls. Um, we talked about all of his love interests. One of the big ones was Julie Quicciccardi, and uh, he actually dedicated Moonlight Sonata to her. She was a pupil of his, um, but she ended up marrying someone else. So we've kind of painted this picture of this uh, lonely, shy, um, recluse of a man who is small and ugly, um, he was also super sick from his birth to the end of his life. And so throughout his life, he would suffer from deafness, as we mentioned, colitis, r rheumatism, rheumatic fever, typhus, skin disorders, um, abscesses, a variety of infections, 
ophthalmalia, inflammatory de degeneration of the arteries, jaundice, chronic hepatitis, cirrhosis of the liver. Sorry if I pronounced those wrong. It's not important for the podcast. The important thing is that he was so sick his whole life. Lonely, sick, ugly man. And uh, his only outlet was his music. Um, some women even called him ugly and half crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty uh, pretty sad life for, for Beethoven. Um, he also was a huge daydreamer. He once said, I was occupied with such a lovely deep thought that I couldn't bear to be disturbed. So he just kind of go into his mind and um, wouldn't come back, you know, couldn't come out. Um, let's see what else. So yeah, we talked about his love life. Um, he also was the first musician ever to be given a salary for composing. So in 1808, he had this huge quarrel with this guy at this concert and Beethoven's like, I'm out, I'm leaving. And everyone was like, whoa, no, dude, you're like the greatest of all time. So they, all these people banded together, these nobles, and they gave him 4,000 florins. Um, it's just for staying and composing whatever, whenever he wanted. So pretty cool. That was kind of near the end of his life, you know, or near the end of his career. Um, but pretty awesome. Um, yeah, we mentioned that he had a, a big alcoholic problem, so that's kind of sad. He also believed that he was younger than he was. <laughs> um, he thought he was two years younger. There was just uh, like some weird thing on the papers when he was born. And um, maybe it was like his dad who tried to like make him look younger for to be like a prodigy or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it's like 100% wrong. He was 100% wrong, but he was just convinced that he was born two years later than he was. Um, yeah, when he was going deaf, he tried to use a couple different hearing um, aids. Nothing really worked. Uh, it's said that his um, housekeeper would come in and he'd have like a pencil in his mouth touching the other end of it on the soundboard of the instrument to feel the vibrations of the note. But, um, but yeah, his music slowly started becoming uh, lower notes because um, he couldn't really hear the high notes as well. Um, one of the coolest moments of his life, and it's depicted in the um, in a great movie called The Immortal Beloved, but uh, it's when he's um, composing the Ninth Symphony, and he's deaf. They actually got another composer to stand next to him, and the guy and the person in charge said, "Everyone, just look at that composer. Don't look at Beethoven." But Beethoven's there composing. And then everyone stands up and has this amazing ovation, and 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 Beethoven can't hear, and so he uh, slowly turns around. The legend goes and can see everyone clapping, and it's kind of like this cool pinnacle moment of his life. All right, let's jump in and finish up with some quick cool quotes. Don't only practice your art but force your way into its secrets. Art deserves that, for it and knowledge can raise man to the divine. Music should strike fire from the heart of man and bring tears from the eyes of a woman. Music is a higher revelation than all wisdom and philosophy. Tones sound and roar and storm about me until I have set them down in notes. Pretty cool. Music is the mediator between the spiritual and the sensual life. Nothing is more intolerable than to have to admit to yourself your own errors. 
Beethoven can write music, thank God, but he can do nothing else on earth. What you are, you are by accident of birth. What I am, I am by myself. There are and will be a thousand princes. There is only one Beethoven. I only live in my music, and I have scarcely begun one thing when I start another. As I am now working, I am often engaged on three or four things at the same time. A great poet is the most precious jewel of a nation. Often I can scarce, scarcely hear anyone speaking to me. The tones, yes, but not the actual words. Yet as soon as anyone shouts, it is unbearable. What will come of all of this, heaven only knows. This is the mark of a really admirable, admirable man. Steadfast, steadfastness in the face of trouble. Cool. Let's uh, just jump into our last section and kind of give a quick summary and talk about why he's on this list. Well, it's not too hard uh, to find reasons for Beethoven to be on this list. He you know, revolutionized music. Um, at the time, uh, piano and music um, were below literature and art, and he really brought them above that. Um and a lot of times they had to be accompanied with words. Um, and he just kind of brought music up to the, you know, to the tier that it deserved to be in. It's been 200 years and uh, no one has been able to eclipse him. He's, uh, as a lot of people I've researched have, um, have said, they believe he's the greatest uh, composer of all time. And so I think along with his music, I think... Uh, his tenacity in the face of tribulation, in the face of going deaf, in the face of sorrow, his terrible childhood, uh, loved ones dying, him always being sick, having no luck with receiving love from other people, or, or at least especially women. He had a miserable life, and he was able to weather the storms and to leave humanity with some of the greatest music of all time. And that's why he's on that list. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate um, you guys, you know, subscribing and listening to us. And we've gotten a lot of emails asking for recommendations of world changers that they'd like us to do. We're, we're working on them one by one, but we'd love to keep getting more. Um, our email is worldchangerspod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Send us some emails. Tell us if we're making any mistakes. Um, and if you have anyone that you'd like us to do, uh, let us know. Um, thank you so much for listening. Catch us next week.